Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. I am the founder and host, Miss Genesis Amars Kemp. And with me today is Karen Tyden. And here's a bit about Karen. She is a Swede that loves to dig into people's mind and she means deep. She's a mind hacker and hypnotherapist and she has had a knack for hacking the mechanics behind people's subconscious patterns and create new and better strategies in life. With hypnosis, she helps clients to resolve blockages, let go of the old limiting beliefs, change mental structures, see new possibilities, and find the courage and the driving force to make the most of their opportunities and follow their heart. Her clients say it's like upgrading their operating system, and who doesn't want that? She's a multi-award winning coach both in 2019 and 2020, and one of the best in Europe at what she does. Um, Her own journey to find inner peace and power has been long and hard. She was born into a religious and dysfunctional family. Today, she loves to explore and understand how we humans work from childhood wounds, career stress, depression, self-hatred, confusion, sadness, and desperation. She has created a very special way of coaching. Besides one-to-one sessions, she gives lectures and workshops. And without further ado, please welcome Karen Titan to GEMS Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. My pleasure, Karen. And today we're going to unpack the subconscious mind and go a little bit deep here on why you chose to get involved in your field today and who may have influenced you. But before we do, I want you to share a fun and interesting fact about yourself that I surely don't know, nor does my community. Wow, a fun fact. Well, I do love Star Wars. <laughs> nice. So uh, not now, but a couple of years ago, I still had some things, you know, some uh, this lightsaber and everything like that, a mask, and I still played with it. <laughs> That is a fun and interesting fact. So do you um, get dressed up for like any um, conventions or anything like that? Like I know some people here in the States do cosplay. Yeah, no, it's just for fun at home. I think at my age, that's enough. (laughs) Nice. Thank you for sharing that fun and interesting fact. Now let's dive into the subconscious mind. So what led you to um, get into the field that you are today? Well, um, at the age of 35, I became depressed and I didn't understand why. And because I had everything, I had a nice partner, I had a wonderful job, and everything was working for me. So I started to work on myself, and I realized that the depression was due to a lot of things that happened when I was a child. 
And I started to try to, to change behaviors and thoughts and feelings, healing and move forward. And I realized that it was really hard because there were some patterns or behaviors or thoughts that was really stuck into me. And I thought that, okay, it, it has to be an easier way to, to access this and, and kind of change it. And that's when it started. I found hypnosis and I started to train it and I trained all over the world to find kind of a shortcut on how to get access to these old programs that are sometimes still running our life up to 95% a day and starting to to, um, change these programs. Because if you don't change the root cause and the programs, it will still continue to kick in and you will use those strategy your whole life. Absolutely. So what were some of the childhood traumas that you struggled with And um, do you work specifically with clients on those particular traumas to overcome? Or is your ideal avatar um, a wide range of people? Well, uh, I work with a wide range of people because I think it's interesting uh, to have diversity with my clients. Um, My own trauma is very deep. It's uh, uh, abuse sexual abuse it's uh, physical abuse and it's a lot of uh, cult-like religion with a lot of rules I had a narcissistic father and I have a very emotional absent mother so all this kind of um, perspective of it kind of created that I needed to be perfect in order to not be harmed or to uh, have a gateway gateway to paradise or you know be um, be accepted in the congregation so I created a persona where I needed to be really really perfect in every way and after a while I couldn't keep up So you hit that period of burnt out because just trying to be perfect and uphold the standards of your family where living in that environment was just not conducive. So I'm sure, did you ever feel like on the outside, everything looked pretty, but on the inside, you were like screaming and crying out for help? Yeah, it actually started already when I was about 12 years old that I knew that everything that was happened was wrong. But I was only 12 years old, so I couldn't do anything. So I have to wait six years until I was 18 and legally, you know, was allowed to do what I wanted. So actually, the same day I turned 18, I took my suitcases and I left my family, my friends, the church, everything. And I had to start had to start over. And that was really hard because the first 18 years, everybody had told me what to do, how to think, how to, you should be this, Karen, you know, you are not allowed to think like that. So there was kind of a very strict structure, how to look at myself and to look at life. And then when I suddenly left, there was no manual. (laughs) I didn't really know what to do. And I think that when I work with younger people who are leaving school, they feel the same thing that, you know, they go to school, the parents are telling them to go up in the morning, go to school, the teachers are telling them what to do. And then suddenly when they are 
you know, finishing college or something, university, they are left on their own. There is no manual how to live the, the grown up life and they get really lost. So I was quite lost for several years and but I was lucky I had a good job and I was really good at working so I could find some kind of foundation there because otherwise I don't know how it would have been ended. Thank you for sharing that because I know sometimes it's hard to, you know, really speak about those traumas or relive them because some people may feel triggered by it. But I always say if you don't tap into those root cause causes, like you mentioned early on, you won't be able to fully heal because the remnants will still be there. And as you go throughout life, there may be a circumstance that triggers it, that exasperates it. So now, um, now that you're on your road to healing and you're, you're also helping other people, you know, unlock their subconscious mind. If someone wanted to just work with you, what are some tips and tricks that you help them whenever you are beginning to dig deep and hack their mind? Yeah. So first of all, my big message is that there is nothing wrong with you. It's the programming that is wrong. And that's a good thing because that you can change because a lot of people come to me and they say, what's oh, wrong with me? I, I can't socialize with people. I'm afraid of speaking my mind or there's wrong with me. I can't do this. I can't do that. And I try to tell them that there is nothing wrong with you. It's just that the programs, they are wrong. They, and that we can change. And often it starts really, really early because this program has two functions, and one of them is survival. So in order to survive, we kind of adapt. So um, let, let's give you an example. So sure. if you had parents that were really, before they divorced each other, maybe there were kind of a lot of argument. And as a little child, you get scared when your parents are really angry and upset. So maybe you hide out in the closet or you went to your room or behind the sofa and you try to kind of calm down the family. So one strategy there is to hide because you're scared. And the other one is maybe trying to be a diplomat or doing something that makes your mother and father happy because as a child, you wish for them to be, get, to be together because they are your safety net. So you say that, oh, if I'm, if I'm a good girl or if I'm uh, a good boy, maybe my parents will be happier and they will not fight. So you start to adapt and start to become a people pleaser because you start to please your parents, trying to make them happier so they are more calm and they don't argue as lot as they do. But the problem is that you can't really solve the problem because maybe you're just five years old or you're 10 years old. But then let's say fast forward 30 years and suddenly you are in the 40s and you are a manager at work and there is a conflict there. What happens is that the subconscious has already planned a strategy 30 years ago and it's still using it because the subconscious has no idea of time or room. So it's time or space, sorry. So it's like, okay, what am I going to do here? Well, I'm going to solve it the same way I solved it 30 years ago. So if you're a manager and you're about 40 years old, you go into your room and close the door and kind of giving the message to your coworkers that they have to deal 
with the conflict themselves. Or you maybe try to smooth everything over. You try to be the diplomat. You try to, you know, really please everybody at work instead of being the boss and saying that, okay, we have to do like this. You can't treat someone like that. And we, you know, be more firm. So you still have that kind of program that is running you so many years later. And that's when people come to me. Because to say, well, Karen, I have a problem. I'm a manager at work and I'm afraid of conflicts. So they can't step up. And maybe their coworkers think that, oh, it's, uh, she's not a good manager because she's not helping us or she's not trying to resolve the conflicts. We have to do it ourselves. And often when we, when we move back, we see that there is something or a lot of sometimes different events that happen that form that strategy and we still use it. Yeah, that is so true. So it's like, whenever you are going through life, it's like you take on that same baggage and that baggage is carried with you, whether it's from childhood to adolescence to adulthood. And until you go into the software, just like kind of like I use the computer or the cell phone analogy. And if you never run those updates, or if you never restart your computer, you're not going to be able to have the latest technology on there. So your computer or your cell phone is going to be lagging, because you didn't do what you were supposed to, to upgrade the system and update the software. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So the first thing is to be aware. So that's what you say, how do you work with people? So the first step is awareness of knowing that, okay, it's an old program that is not up to date, that is still running me. So it's not my fault. I mean, it's it's not something is not wrong with me. It's the program. And now we can see, oh, that's the program. So that's the first thing, like spotting it and seeing that, okay, this is still kind of driving my behavior. Absolutely. Like just really going deep there. So, okay, let's do some role play here, uh, Karen, Mm -hmm. because I really want the listeners and the viewers to connect with it. So I'm going to act like I'm your client and I'm coming to you. So what, so I'll kind of give you the blueprint here. So I am in my twenties to thirties. Well, between 20 to 30s, I work in oil and gas, male-dominated field, uh, a woman, and then also a woman of color, where there's not a lot of people that look Mm -hmm. like me, come from a religious family, but always been a little timid because, you know, when you come from certain types of family, they expect you to say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. And you really, Mm -hmm. whatever your parents say goes. So you don't really argue, especially growing up in a South American and Caribbean family. So um, is that enough information or do you need more to work with? Uh, We can start there and maybe I can ask you some more questions along the way. Perfect. So um, I would say like this, that, okay. So when did you start to kind of follow your parents and what happened if you didn't? 
So I really started to follow my parents, of course, when I was a child, because, you know, I lived in their house. And if I did not follow my parents' rules, Mm -hmm. then I either got grounded or if I did something really bad, it may have been a spanking or now some people say a love tap. Mm -hmm. And then just a really good talking to to understand, okay, these are the consequences when you don't abide by our rules. Okay. So if you didn't follow the rules, there was kind of severe punishment of some sort for you. Mm -hmm. I would say child. Absolutely. I would say moderate to severe, because it wasn't like severe where it was detrimental or harming me per se. No. Okay. So I would say like this, that, okay, what if you uh, met the little girl that she is she five or is she seven or is she even younger let's start with the age of seven because I think a seven-year-old pretty much knows yeah okay so when you meet that little girl what did she need in order to be brave and following her own road and you know making a little bit of her own decisions even though it was maybe small ones I would say just definitely a push like a push of encouragement, even though she had encouragement from a religious aspect, but a push of encouragement from a non-religious aspect that you can speak up, that you can challenge authority, especially if it's something that you don't agree with, if it doesn't line up with your morals and your values, you can ask the question of why versus just going with the flow of things. Yeah. So you would tell her that she can speak up and she can stand up for what is right for her. So, and she needs encouragement. So my question is, how good are you at encouraging this little girl in your daily life? So in my daily life now, very, very good at encouraging because I like to not only see the glass half full, but I like to live in, you know, the ram that all things are possible because the word impossible also says I'm possible. So if you shift your paradigm and you shift from some of the old ways of thinking into how you want to be perceived and where you want to go by knowing who you are, you come into full authority. Mm. Then I would say just keep doing the good job because Normally, what a client would say here is that they are not very good at encouraging themselves. Mm. So they are still in that negative mindset that I'm not good enough. I'm not doing the right thing. Oh, and um, I'm a failure. And I'm stupid. I could do it in another way. So a lot of people have a lot of negative still comments in their head about themselves and their own performance. So when people say to me that they have a very low self-esteem, and they often say that it's because when I was a child, my parents didn't encourage me and they did this and they did that. And I said, yeah, but that's just partially true. Because it's often more damaging the negative voice that we have in our head that is telling us that we aren't good enough or we need to obey or we need to follow the rules So encouragement is the most important thing. And after that, it just takes time because I still have situations where I need encouragement 
even though I've been working with myself for 25 years, I still need encouragement in some areas. So I would say that you never stop encouraging yourself, but you need to allow some time to pass. Mm, Beautiful. Some time to, whenever you say pass, some time to really heal, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. With the encouragement piece, I would also ask, um, if I were in your shoes, I would also ask your clients, well, why do you feel the way? Is it something that someone has said to you repeatedly that you're not good yeah. enough, that you're not going to be successful? And why did you allow it to take root in you so much? Did you believe more in that individual than you believed in yourself? Yeah. But, you know, often it is like that because you're very young. So mm-hmm. what your parents or other authorities are telling you, you believe it. Mm-hmm. And you still believe it 30 years later. And like you said, it's you're so spot on that they believe in all these negative comments more than they believe in themselves. But that's a little bit how we are raised to, to that adults know, they know the truth. Uh, they know the way. And we don't question it when we are seven years old or when we are three years old or 10 years old. So, and that starts this negative thinking. And then we continue with the negative thoughts and not encouraging ourselves for decades. And then suddenly, well, we can, it's a kind of a brainwashing ourselves. Mm. We do. In your profession, have you seen like different shifts and changes from whenever you ask someone to go back to their younger self, whether they're ages five to seven versus teenage years? Because teenage years is when peer pressure comes in and peer influence. So you could see how maybe their program shifts from whenever they're in the home to when they're in school and they're around their friends. Do you have an example of that? Well, of course, it can differ because, like you say, said, it's more peer pressure when you are a teenager. But um, I think it's the old Jesuit priests. They say that give me a child before the age of seven and I will give you the man. So that means that a lot of the programming is happening before seven years old. So kind of the foundation is already laid there when you start school. And then, of course, it can add over time with things that are happening in school. Um, So and it kind of more adds on that if you think that your parents didn't have time for you because they are working a lot and you as a child feel a little bit neglected or you feel that nobody cares about me because my parents are working all the time then the problem is that you bring that energy into the school. So you have kind of maybe an energy around you that nobody wants to play with me. So I look down or I'm standing there on the side. And then people start to treat you like that. Oh, that's that little girl. She's always standing there in the corner and she just looked down. So we will not talk to her or we will just pass her. And that confirms that little girl's Uh, thoughts that okay nobody cares here either because she can't see that some of her behaviors and her energy is also making the situation happen Mm, yeah I could definitely see that because the energy that you may carry inside can also be reflected outwardly by your body language by your demeanor and etc exactly yeah 
So what do you feel about mirror work? So um, I do life coaching and sometimes I encourage my clients to get in in front of a mirror and start reciting positive things about themselves and really focus on the strengths and the opportunities that they have rather than the weaknesses and the threats. So we kind of pick apart the SWOT analysis. And then as you Mm -hmm. begin to look at in the mirror and you recite all of the positive things about yourself outwardly, then inwardly you're able to reflect upon it and they're starting to take root, scrubbing away the old mindsets and the old paradigms. Yeah, it's a really good self-care technique to, like you said, standing in front of the mirror and and saying everything that is good about you. Sometimes there is a minor problem with that because the subconscious is not always accepting something if you don't believe it yourself. So if you say that I am good enough or I am brave or I am pretty or I am wonderful as a person if you don't believe that in your core the subconscious will say no (laughs) this is not true and it can for some people sometimes feels like they're faking it when they're telling the mirror so for me it's a it's a combination of going down in the subconscious mind and see what do you think about yourself and where did it start And how can we change that? So when you come home, you do this self-exercise and it feels more true. And I do like, um, you know, the coach Mel Robbins, maybe. I've heard the name, but not that much about him. Because she has a really good uh, book. She, yeah, she has a really good book uh, that's called High Five. And um, it's really about instead of in the morning, standing in front of the mirror and telling yourself what you are, that you're beautiful, you're great, because sometimes you, ah, it's not true. You just high five yourself because high five, it's a celebratory gesture that it's encoded in our nervous system. So uh, when they made research on NBA players, they could see that uh, players that were high-fiving yourself or a pat on the shoulder, they were more likely to win the season than others. So it's a very encouragement uh, gesture to do. So she said that every morning when you go up, just do high-five with the mirror and complimenting yourself for still standing up, still doing the work, still showing up and give support to that woman in the mirror that are really struggling <laughs> To, to find her worth and to, to find her way in life. And I like that. So that's also what I tell my client to do. And I do it myself. I just high five because sometimes there is a morning when I don't believe that I'm good, that I, don't, I, I can't say the word because no, not today. But I can always high five myself and saying, good job, still here, still trying, still doing the work. Great. And that makes me proud. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So we'll so we'll leave those two examples there. The mirror work plus the high fiving to just yeah. really start your day off on a positive high note. And Karen, as we begin to wind down, I want you to leave the listeners as well as the viewers with your call to action for this segment. Well, my call to action is just basically to embrace that there is nothing wrong with you. 
it's just the program that is wrong and you can change that. And if you would like to have a little bit more tips and tricks about how the subconscious work and how to start to hack it, you can buy my book that is called Mind Hacking for Rebels. And it's, um, it's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and you know, everywhere in the US. And it's actually two weeks ago, it won the Independent Press Award for this year. So buy the book because there you can get a, a really good mind hacks and tricks, how to chart the, to start to change the subconscious. If you can't, you know, afford to go to a therapist or you think that, no, that's a little bit too much for me. You can get a lot of good advice there. Amazing. And for those who are interested in connecting with you further to hack their mind, what is your website and where do you primarily hang out on social media? Well, uh, my website is karentiden.com and you can uh, always book a session there if you want to. You will find my email there. And if you want to hang out with me and just get a little bit of nuggets of wisdom here and there, I'm on Instagram with my uh, name, Karen Tiden. And there you have it, listeners and viewers. We definitely want you to unblock some of the blockages in your mind, reprogram your software so you can begin to live life on your terms and not the terms of old programming. So until we chat next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Don't forget to subscribe and share this segment. We are on 40 plus platforms and you can follow us on YouTube at Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp for all things video content. Also, we're looking for brand sponsors and ambassadors that would like to contribute to the mission of Gems Podcast, where our core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate while bridging the gap and connecting the dots between diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, because it takes all of us to make this world a beautiful and wonderful place with synergies. So until we chat next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Ciao. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.